Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. <laughs> What's up, Micah, man? What is up? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Uh, hanging in there, you know, everybody is just hunkered down, hanging in there uh, in the Corona world. This is episode 123 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, Uber, Lyft, all that share economy stuff podcast. And uh, we're ready to roll with the guest. We have a guest. We have Adam Johnson coming at you today from Mississippi, right? Yeah, I'm in Clarksville, Tennessee right now, but I originate out of Mississippi. That's what's up. That's what's up. Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've, I've been meaning to reach out to you. I've been so busy because I've been watching some of your live videos in uh, Sean's group. So I was like, man, I got to reach out to him. My boy Norman kept telling me about you. I was like, okay, I got to reach out to him. So, man, it's finally good to have you here. I, I want people to kind of know your specialty and what how, what you've been doing as far as the coronavirus, because I've mm-hmm. noticed some of your techniques you've been posting, and I want to kind of let the fans know how you've been doing it. Yeah, man. So, you know, my name's Adam Johnson. Uh, I'm a prior army vet, been investing in real estate for the last five years now. Um, got big into Airbnb about three years ago. And obviously, like everyone else, our world kind of went upside down March 13th. That's when everything kind of stopped for us, Friday the 13th at that. Um, we had to get creative real fast. We lost about 80% of our income for the next six weeks projected out. Um, so what do you do? Do you cry about it or do you make things happen? And we made things happen. We figured out a way to kind of, you know, I hate to say go around, but we had to go around Airbnb to get our clients to be able to pay us. You know, it is what it is. So we started getting direct bookings about 10, 11 months ago. So we already had that in the pipeline. But marketing, from a marketing standpoint, Airbnb kills it. Everyone knows that word, Airbnb, is synonymous with short-term rentals. So with losing all those clients, we had to figure out a way to, to get, you know, around those, those cancellations and that kind of stuff. So we started reaching out to previous guests, even to current guests that were going to cancel that they canceled with us. We were able to kind of get them for a couple of weeks later, you know, because in my area, well, life has slowed down for everybody, but we're still very active. We still got clients. We're still doing uh, pretty good. We've lowered our prices, you know, like everyone else has had to because of the basics of supply and demand, you know, less, less demand. Uh, it is what it is. Lower our prices. But we are we were still very profitable over the last six weeks. We have made many changes within our business. But at the end of the day, our doors are open. We're still have a surplus of money coming in. And that's what it's about right now. Keeping afloat, huh? Keeping afloat, man. Making it happen. So with you making <laughs> the changes, with you making those changes, like did you go direct booking? Did you, because you said you went around Airbnb, which is what I'm all for. Uh, yeah. Did you make a direct booking website? So, so we, we, uh, we use hostfully.com as our direct booking website. It's a one-stop shop. You know, it works for us. I would prefer to have my own, but at the end of the day, I, I stick with what I'm good at. I'm not a good computer guy. I'm really good at sales and, and doing what I do. Um, so we, we bought into Hostfully. I think it cost us $1,700 a year for up to 19 listings. We have 21 listings right now. So we have two that we do off. You know, we get creative with how we do those direct bookings. I use QuickBooks uh, for invoicing. and I use DocuSign to get my contract signed for those two other properties. So 
again, creativity. I'm not going to fail because I'm not trying. I try whatever I have to do to make things happen. So hostfully he's charging you seven, just $1,700 a year. Seventeen hundred a year, and they re- they receive payment. They get signatures for contracts. And what what I like about direct booking, and we all can compare it to Airbnb, is that I control the deposit. I control the situation. It's my house, my property, but also it's my client. With Airbnb, that's not your client. You know, you may think it is because they're paying you, but at the end of the day, Airbnb controls the entire process. With me direct booking, it's my terms. If I don't like something, I can keep a deposit. I can put you out. I don't have to worry about a third party because uh, I'm sure we all experience the same thing. If there's an issue with a current guest with Airbnb, it may take three days to get a response back. And I'm trying to get them out of the house for drug paraphernalia or, you know, you name it. I don't deal with that with direct bookings. It's my house. It's my deposit. And these are the terms we agreed to. Like it or leave it. Simple as that. Man, I love that. I love that marketing strategy and how you've changed it up. So with, with you going direct booking with Hostfully, how are you advertising that out so you get those people coming straight to you? So we are very active on Facebook, Instagram, social media. And um, I'm tied in, like any investor should be tied in with realtors. I don't care if you're just an, an arbitrage guy or like, you know, we own our houses but you should be tied with realtors because every middle, you know, middle to large size market, you're going to have people coming and going at all times. So with our realtors, you know, with everything on stop, those houses that were under contract, they can't sell them right now. Or the, 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 the closing can be conducted. So those people have to stay somewhere, stay with Adam Johnson. And, and we have racked up that way. Uh, tons of contractors, same thing that are working in the military bo- uh, pay base right here. Um, same thing. We are locking them down for two, four, five months at a time, direct booking, cutting out the middleman. Um, so it's just it's just being very, very active. With our Airbnb clients, when they check out from our properties, I send them a text message, not through Airbnb, not so they can see our stuff, but saying, hey, thanks for checking or uh, staying with us. Uh, if you'd like a 20% discount for your next day, we do direct booking, so on and so forth. So I'm always, you know, I, I'm a very aggressive marketer. I don't have a marketing background. I just know that effort goes a long way and we're out there and we are trying with our best, to the best of our ability, making things happen. Man, it's, it's, I'll go ahead. Uh, I heard, uh, I heard you on Jasper's show. You know, get paid for your pad. Yeah, and I was like, damn. I told, I told Michael, we got to get this guy on, man. He's a, ba- he's a badass. <laughs> um, so, one of the, one of the cool things, you said a lot of cool stuff, but um, one of the things that that stood out was, um, was the taking responsibility thing because you yes. said, you know, this, you know, everybody was pissed off. Everybody in the world was pissed off at, you know, all at Airbnb or how they treated the host, right? Yes. But you turned it around. Okay, this is my fault because I relied too much on Airbnb. I didn't have my contingencies in place. And so, but you, you remedied that and, and, and what, and you said you got, you know, you dropped down to whatever percentage, you know, you lost all your bookings to, you got it all the way, all the way back up to a hundred percent. That was freaking unreal. That's, that's, that is literally, so I'm a prior army guy. I was a special forces guy. You know, at the end of the day, you have one metric and that, that is mission success. Everything else does not matter. Simple as that. You know, not to be too uh, straightforward, but you know all the all the lame excuses and all the he said she said or we should have done this. At the end of the day, it's my fault. Um, and we did rely on Airbnb way too heavily. And that's something I'll never uh, let happen again. You know, this it, is this is our business. It, my wife and I run this uh, out of our house. We run. We manage thirty nine houses that we own. We you know twenty two of those are Airbnb short term rentals. I'm gonna quit saying Airbnb. I'm gonna start saying short term rentals. <laughs> uh, it's just a bad habit. Um, but that but that's my fault that we that we relied so heavily on a third party. It should never have gotten that way. The goal is to get to where we're eighty percent self sufficient. 
and we get, you know, 10, 12% from Airbnb, 10, 12% from HomeAway, Barabee and those types of things. But I want organic clientele. What, where do you, uh, you said you got 22. Where do you, what are your, where are your short-term rentals located? Where are you operating out of? So, so we're in Clarksville, Tennessee, um, which is almost North, Northwest of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're in a unique situation, unique location, whereas we have the military base for Campbell, Kentucky, U.S. Army right here. And we're on the border of, of, of Kentucky as well. So we have uh, seven homes in Kentucky and the other rest are, are in the Clarksville, Tennessee side. They both have their benefits with taxes and, and there's, we're just in a great place. And yes, we slowed down a little bit, but we have not stopped by far because of where we are and because of our clientele. Now, I'm not going to say my competitors, but other business owners in my space have shut down. Uh, I mean, I mean, they stopped in like two or three weeks in and here we are, you know, I think we're, we're all about what, six, seven weeks into this, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just checked our QuickBooks, which I'm on it every day. We were $5,000 profit uh, surplus this past month with all this BS going on. We're still, you know, I'd like to be where we used to be 10, 15,000 surplus, but at the end of the day, we're still profitable. We're still keeping the doors open and we still got, I'm working right now four long-term contracts for next four to six months on some of our listings. So it's, it's being creative. It's taking responsibility and it's finding a way to make things happen. And I respect your hustle. One quick question. I like that you, uh, you said you got a process where you're texting the guests on checkout. Do you mm-hmm. have that automated or is you just manually doing it? Yeah, it's not automated. It is manual. And, and the reason I like to do it manual, because you can put a little bit of, of, of personal information in there. Just a little bit about, hey, Stacy, you know, I hope you and your son and two dogs, whatever, you can kind of make it a little more personal. I, I do have a copy and paste, but I leave a little space in there to make it a little bit more personal. And that works. That little text message I mean, it's so simple, but it, it works. Uh, and that's something I recommend to anybody. It, it's, it's nothing special. <laughs> Thank you for staying with us. Something personal, discount 20%. Oh, by the way, if you refer us to a family or friend, we'll give you $20 kickback to, for a Starbucks gift card or whatever at your choice. But it's just putting those figures out there, putting that marketing out there to gain interest. It's that simple, man. That's dope, man. And I wanted to also touch on everyone because you said the location you're in, I'm telling you that's huge right now. Location, mm-hmm. like when you're in a location where people aren't just having to fly to you and people can drive to you and you buy yeah. an Air Force Base, that's a killer right there because I got one by Air Force Base and it just got booked through HomeAway for the next yeah. 60 days. Yeah. That is, that's a hitter right there. You know, it's crazy being where we are. We're not in a, uh, you know, uh, a vacation location, which I get that. So I, I don't, I don't make, you know, 5,000 profit per door. And I get that, but we stay very consistent, very, you know, and we can project our numbers out. And right now we're still busy. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. We're not, I don't have Nashville prices. I don't have Miami prices. I don't you know, do what they do in Texas. But we net about nine hundred dollars a month per door. That's our net. I'll take that all day long. But you know, I, I got I got friends in Nashville. Like, yeah, we 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 clear two thousand a month. I'm like, that's great, fantastic. Right now, they're doing nothing. They are literally locked up. So there's a there's a, a double edged sword on where you are. Don't take it for granted. If you as long as you have consistency, that's better than spiking for three months and then dropping for the next nine months. You know, there's something to be said about that. I tell people, man, I can net like a thousand dollars a month on my little podunk places in Arkansas, man. I'll take that all day. All I'm day. still getting it, you know. So I'm telling you, man. All day. I love this. <laughs> I agree hundred percent. Being speaking of location, I mean there's been some spots 
you know, it started in Hawaii, but then there's some spots around the country, including Dallas, that are starting to talk about banning Airbnb and short-term rentals, period, because mm-hmm. of the coronavirus. Is that has that been brought up over in your neck of the woods, or or is that just big city stuff? So again, a unique thing about us is that we're not a big city, and we're not even on the radar uh, for those types of of you know the state in, in interjecting with what we do. So. You know, Nashville is, is, my, is our brother, big, big brother city. They're, you know, 50, 50 minutes, 50 miles away, give or take. And they have restrictions and they have guidelines. You must uh, receive a certificate from the county and that kind of stuff. Where we are, the only thing that's happened to me in my little town, which is not so, so little, but we pay transit, uh, transient hotel tax. That's the only thing that's happened to us. Um, and that's okay. You know, it, it sucks to pay another 8%, but you pass that on to the tenant, to the, to the, to the client. Um, but we're not on the radar of those bigger cities and that, and those types of state, you know, getting their fingers on stuff and trying to, you know, stop things. So we're good for now. I don't, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I'm gonna ride this out. Nice. And being that you're still, you know, doing real, really well and, um, and getting that 900 a month, you know, net. I, have you even like considered doing something like uh, forbearances on the houses that you have loans on? Well, we have not. Nope. I, I, you know, I deal with the books. The numbers are, are my thing. And I, I've been trying to keep us as normal as possible. Um, we've been made no phone calls to any mortgage companies. We've made, uh, we had only one of our long-term tenants that we've kind of had to bend a little bit as far as them paying rent, but they paid. You know, there was a little bit of difference from what we usually deal with with our, with our long-term tenants, but we have tried to maintain a, a normalness about our business to not, you know, uh, because we you know we have, we have W9 workers that work for us. You know, we have cleanings. We have a lot of moving pieces that go along with our business. And we tried to stay as normal as possible with keeping in mind, you know, uh, with the COVID-19 stuff. Like, so when, when all this happened, the first phone call we made was to our cleaning crews and said, hey, by no means do you, any of you have to work. If you, if you do not feel comfortable, we had no problem with you not working. So, and we took over that responsibility. We only had one, one of our cleaning ladies that was a little bit uh, reserved about the situation, but everybody else was like, you know, we understand the, what's going on. We understand the risk. Um, and it is what it is. So we just try to stay normal, try to keep the, 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 the wheels rolling and waiting for this to, to blow over. And it's going to blow over at some point. And then the floodgates are going to open up and all of us who survived are going to reap the benefits. Yeah, we're all hoping for that, right? <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> and you're confident it's going to happen. That's cool. I'm, I'm very confident it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way, you know, it's good to hustle, you know, no matter what. Who knows what the future is going to bring, but... You might as well what is go in, go all in and with everything you got right and just in case exactly man it's we're we're here to survive we didn't open up a business to be shut down over a six weeks you know a six or seven week government shutdown that's not what we got in business for now, now going back to the cleanings and stuff and um it's funny because like Mike always made fun of me for uh, when you know when I had my airbnbs just cleaning my own airbnbs Mm-hmm. And then my wife doing the cleaning or, you know, if my wife did it, you know, with the kids, I'd have to end up going over there and I'd be <laughs> scrubbing toilets too. And he used to make fun of me. Why don't you hire that out? Hire that out, you know, and hire out the, the lawn mowing and stuff like that. So I did, and it worked great. You know, Airbnb was making good money and I was, I was hiring all that stuff out. I had to, you know, unfortunately Airbnbs got banned in, in the cities I had Airbnbs in before all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so I switched to long-term rentals, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but I like what you said, like on, on Jasper's show also, that you were saying that some you had to make tough decisions. 
and you had to go back to you actually having to mow and clean mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, and, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And the way I feel, and I, I think most small business owners feel like this, what I, I wish they, I hope they do is that, like I said before, it's on my shoulders, you know, success or failure. Um, and it's gotta be done. And we told the cleaning ladies, you know, if they felt un, uncomfortable that the, we weren't going to stop taking clients, we weren't going to stop renting out, um, the lawn care, we weren't going to, you know, the lawn has got to be mowed. It, it is what it is. So what we did change is we did downsize a little bit. We took the lawn care back to us. I mowed the yards and I found that I actually, I love mowing the yards. <laughs> that is my dad time away from everything. I, I, I bought a zero turn. It's like Mario Kart. It's fun. I love it. We do, I did 22 houses in like two days. And it's, so that, that's my me time now away from the office, away from the numbers, away from the kids. It's just my me time. Um, and I love it. So, and also we, you know, we, like you said, we hired everything out. I have not seen my houses in, in some of them in years. Some of my houses I have not been to in years. I never walked those backyards, never, not one time. So this past weekend was the first time I've seen my yards for houses I've owned for four or five years. So it kind of it kind of gives me a chance to get back to the to to the rubber on on, on the ground. I get to, I get to see what's happening there, and I, I get to, to assess things, and I love it. You know, uh, in a perfect world, the 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 engine would work itself, but we're not there right now. We were there. The situation dictated something differently, and we just adjusted to it and, again, made it happen. It's on us to make it happen. I, I like that. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it's like you turn it into, like, uh, you, you put a different perspective on it. Because, like, you know, you can't control situations all the time, but you can control how you react to situations. And when yes. you said that, you you um, you um made that, that lawn mowing time your time, you know, and, oh, and made it into, like, <laughs> that's so cool. Most people would dread it, you know, but you, like, I don't know, you put, like, podcast on or something and then get on there and and do it and then just you made it into like this thing that you look forward to that's that's cool everything's perspective we all experience the same world but why do we all have different takes on it good different perspectives so you choose how you want to perceive something it's as simple as that nice nice that's dope. oh i was gonna ask like man since you you up to like 30 something listens are you looking to pick up more units during this time or are you always just you are? I, okay. Yes, sir. Always. The way the way we buy the houses, you know, it's, it's called subject to. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's unique. Um, not everybody does it. That's my bread and butter. And I, I feel very confident that I'm one of the best that does that. The way we take them over, it's it's very low risk to us. Um, and I'm always fielding phone calls. You know, I, we went and saw two houses since all this happened, you know, which is lower for us. We usually... I'm usually seeing a house every, you know, once every 10 days, I'm in a house, at least negotiating and talking to sellers. So I'm still very active. If, if ever someone watching this podcast in my area needs to sell a house, call me. I will come by your house. <laughs> I like that. So how many Airbnb units or short-term rental units are you looking sure. to get up to? Um, there, there's no cap. There's no cap. Everything is supply and demand get driven. Everything is numbers driven. We had at the height, we've had 20, 22, 21 now. At the height, we had 21 before all this happened. And even with 21, we were still were about 87% occupied over the all the doors. And, and we're not cheap by far. For my market, we don't we don't price ourselves low on purpose. Like we're up there. We use price labs um, as our dynamic pricing tool and we're high compared to our competitors. But what we do is so great. We offer such a great service. We stay booked out. So nice. like with you being even right now, you, you're offering a little bit more higher prices. What services are you offering to attract those clients? If, 
we've had um, about 1,700 uh, clients so far. We have a, a short-term rental guest so far. We've had about, we have about 1,100, give or take, uh, reviews on Airbnb. So that right there alone shows the quality of what we bring in over the longevity of doing this three or four years. Just the the literal, the the personal service that we give to our clients, that's why we have a, a 4.8, 4.9 review. People love what we do. They love how we automate our system. They love how we we're very responsive. They love how, you know, you come to our house, the lawn's taken care of. We never have issues with cleanliness. We're going to give you a five-star presentation every time. We have people that come with that have been with us for 10, 10 11 stays. Um, we've had people that have went through 10 or 11 different houses. They're like, we love the last one and we want to see the next one. And they're like, it's always a great you know experience. So that consistency of a five-star presentation goes a long way. I love it. You've built the brand, man. Yes, sir. Now, let me ask a quick question before it falls out of my head. Um, if someone was, would actually, you know, people out house shopping right now, you know, investors out there, um, they do find a house, they think it's a good deal and they want to buy it. Would you suggest, I know, it's, I don't know it has a lot to do with area by area, but whatever. If they found, you know, a decent area, would you suggest they start it during this um, coronavirus thing? Would you suggest they start it as a long term and gradually turn it into a, a short term? Yes, I would. Like you said, you know, depending on location and what has kind of been restricted, for me, everything I do is long term uh, as far as the goal the, the, with each property. You know, not saying long term rental, even, even my short term rentals, I think long term numbers, I think long term return, I think appreciation over the five years, I think of the return I'm going to get monthly. So for me, I, I don't buy a house to flip it real fast. I don't buy a house to keep it for nine months as an Airbnb. No, I want to buy houses and keep them for five, 10, 15 years. So even, even like right now, I had no interest or no intentions of trying to offload any of my properties. I said, we'll suck it up. We'll deal with it for the next, if it's last two or three, four months, we'll deal with it. But we're not letting go of any of our houses because even God forbid, if we were to be negative for two or three months, I know it's going to catch back up. And I know what we're projected out to do based on my market alone. Um, I'd be a fool to let go of houses right now, to be scared. I'd be a fool to be scared right now. And I think a lot of people are getting very scared. I think a lot of people are, because um, we're all part of the same forums. We all see the same stuff. People are trying to offload Airbnbs, you know. I can't speak for the other investors and where they are and what their situations are, but I feel like I would be a damn fool to let go of my assets that are going to produce me thousands and thousands of dollars over the next five, 10 years based on a dry four months. Man. That, that is that is the truth. People are scared. Uh, yeah. People are scared though that it's time for us to make some money. Uh, do do you now? Do you only uh, buy or do you arbitrage as well? So we have only one property that we arbitrage. Um, the majority of ours are, like I said, subject to acquisitions. The majority of them, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not opposed either way. I'm I'm a niche guy, and I'm really really good at buying houses subject to and converting them to short term rentals. <laughs> Um, the one arbitrage we got was piece of cake. I'm really good on my feet talking to sellers and negotiating and overcoming objections. Uh, we got that with no problem. Um, very favorable terms and, you know, in everything that you want to look for when talking to a seller or I'm sorry, a homeowner in an arbitrage type situation. Now what I do on, on the long-term rental side is similar to arbitrage. He's on call arbitrage. I will lease and sublease. So but for long-term purposes, I do that all the time. That's a way you don't, you don't have to own a house to lease it out. You can lease it for a thousand sublease it for 1300. You know, you don't have to own anything to make money off real estate. I have a few of those as well. So 
Um, I'm familiar with the arbitrage. Uh, I just do it long term. Similar mechanics, a little bit different verbiage. Okay, so you're going up, lease it for a thousand, release it for a sublet it for a thirteen hundred for like a sixteen months or something, or you get oh, it five, on five years. Five years. Oh. I'll do I'll do a four <laughs> or five year lease sublease and 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 um and I'll make you know three, three fifty, four hundred dollars a month for five years net. I mean I'm just I, I I'm no one special. I just you know, five years and talking to a thousand people, you learn a lot of stuff and you learn a lot from mistakes. I I know what I know because of the mistakes I've made. That's what no one ever asked me about is how many times you messed up. Cause that'd be, that, that'd be a whole two hour podcast right there. Well, how many times have you messed up? Oh man, you ready? Yeah, y'all got some coffee? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's be a while. Yes, sir. I'm drinking. I'm telling you, man. So, so yeah, well, what is one of the biggest mistakes you've made for like someone who wants to hop into, let's just say on the short term rental side, what okay. is one of the mistakes you've made? investing in general, short-term, long-term flipping doesn't matter is trying to chase too many leads at one time and not focusing. There is power in one. There's power. If you want to do rental arbitrage, do rental arbitrage the best you can do. Don't chase every flip. Don't chase every phone call because an investor said X, find your niche and be the best you can possibly be at that niche. And then, and only then entertain other opportunities. But when I first started, if a wholesale opportunity came up, man, I was on the phone. If a flip came up, now granted, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about anything. I watched podcasts and YouTube. I didn't know a damn thing in the real world. I just saw what other people were doing. Um, and I lost money that way. So no matter what you do, Airbnb, whatever, find that niche, exploit that niche, be the best at that niche, and then only then look at other opportunities and kind of dabble in other opportunities. So that'd be that'd be my uh what I would do different if I could start all over again. No, no, uh, now, that being said, if you find that one thing that you're good at, do you try to like push the envelope a little bit? Let's say, I don't know, let's say flips. Do you try to intentionally bite off something that's that you think is more than you can chew, but then you just like, oh, I got to figure it out, you know, just because you see like a big, big reward at the end of it, even though you should, uh, maybe you should be more conservative, but you're like, no, 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 I'm just going to bite off more than I can chew and see what happens. So again, from my experience, if it's too good to be true, it really is too damn good to be true. I, I did what you just said where I had the opportunity where it looked too good. It was just some, something wasn't quite right, but I, I put my blinders on because I'm like, that's $67,000. It wasn't. It really wasn't. The lesson learned there was stay true to your numbers. Be true to your numbers. If your numbers say X, that's what it is. Don't don't get excited about potential. Appreciation is potential. That is not a real number. That's not a real number. That's what people need to realize. If you ever listen to Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about cash flow. Number one, appreciation is a bonus, and that's how I invest. So when I when I get a, a short term or a long term, I'm looking at the the immediate cash flow. That's how I run my numbers. Appreciation, if it does three three percent each year, four percent each year, that's a bonus. If it makes nothing. And appreciation. I don't care because I'm making that positive cash flow right now. So that's how, that's what I would say as far as that little, that little shiny object that we all chase. Don't chase the shiny object. Stay true to your numbers, work your math, and let that be what it is. Real talk. And I love what you said about staying focused on one thing because that's my problem too, man. I get one so much stuff starts coming my way. Like I have a realtor say, hey, I got a fourplex. And then one will call and say, I got a single family house. I'm like, you start picking up the phone and yeah you got to just hone in on one man once you hone in that's when your success will come do what you're good at you know do what you you know i 
I don't do apartments. I don't do land development. I just don't. And when those and those phone calls will occasionally come and, you know, I, I can spend three, four, six months learning and trying to figure that out. Or I can acquire another short, uh, small um, single family rental tomorrow and make cash flow right now. You know, it, do what you're good at. Not everybody's meant for short term. Not everybody's meant. Some people are just great at, at land development and apartments and building. I don't know. Uh, you know, malls. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Yeah. I like that. You know, know yourself, know who you are. You're not, you're not, I'm not you. I can't do what you do. I'm really good at what I do. Now, now you mentioned earlier about, um, well, I, on, on the other podcast, uh, about clean, about house cleaning, about quarantine, clean houses, about how, how do you advertise that? How do you do that? And how do you, you know, let people know about that? So, um, if you, uh, I'll share my, my Airbnb link with you guys later. Um, like the second picture of our Airbnb listings is all a, 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 a picture of cleaning and, and like a PowerPoint picture of cleaning and, and disinfecting all those buzzwords that people want to see to feel comfortable. We've always disinfected everything. We've always used a 58 point cleaning checklist. We, we, this is not new to us, but no one cared before all this happened. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, super important for me to tell you how great we clean our houses and how much detail we put into it. So now we're using what we've been doing forever and just putting it in the limelight. So our second picture in our Airbnb listings are all like that picture of, of, of a lady cleaning and, you know, disinfecting again, those buzzwords, because what I'm saying is we've done this forever. Nothing's changed for us, but now it's more important to hear those buzzwords. It's to hear the disinfecting. It's to hear the, the Lysol and the, the bleach around these areas and wipe down, so on and so forth. You had mentioned earlier, you, had, you haven't had a lot of problems with, um, with renters, long-term renters not being able to pay, except for one. And so and you work something, work to deal out. How, how do you suggest someone handling the situation when your renter comes up and calls you up and says, hey, I, won't, I might not be able to make the, the, the full rent this month? How, do you, how would you, what's the best way to handle that situation? So... That's going to depend on your state, your your regulations, and what you can and cannot enforce. Uh, and here in Tennessee, it's very clear. You know, if, uh, after the fifth day, you're considered being late, and that can be a ten percent late fee. And in my contract, what I do I do an additional forty five dollar administrative fee because I have to work and whatever, and you shouldn't be late. So the way we handled was a hey, pay what you can. Whatever you can't pay, there's going to be an additional cost of 10%. So if your rent's 1000 and you pay 500 that's $50 extra instead of $100 extra because it's only 10% on the unpaid balance. Um, and we extended out. Um, I have a very strict clause in my contract that says I can evict you on day six, uh, on the sixth day if you haven't paid. Um, I, get, I, I gave a two-week grace period this past month for the one uh, tenant that you know, had issues or whatever. You know, funny story about that is the tenant actually overpaid. He overpaid first and then said he wanted, you know, some back because whatever. And I said, you know, it's your money, but this is what's going to happen. And um, yes, <laughs> I come across some, some, some characters in my business. That's all I can say. In a nice way. I'll say it that way. Very nicely. Now back, um, and you were in the military. And mm -hmm. uh, did you move around a lot being in the military? I didn't, man. Uh, I was very fortunate. So, when you get to special forces, you don't leave. Uh, you stay where you're at. So I've, I've been here at, at Fort Campbell, Kentucky since 2007, which is unheard of for most military people. But, you know, like when you get to special forces, you're trained 
uniquely for a certain part of the world and all each special forces group has a specific part of the world they train for. So I, I have a specific language and other things that make me unique to my unit at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So had I stayed in the army, I'd still be here right now at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Nice. So do you, would you, let me see, you have military friends. Would you, would you recommend them? Uh, did you get into real estate while you were still in the military? I did. I was fortunate. Um, so I got back from Afghanistan in 2013. I had a little bit of deployment money, not much. We heard a seminar down in Nashville about real estate investing, went down there for a little two hour free investing thing um, and got excited, got interested, l- learned more, uh, bought my first flip in two. 2014, I believe it went horribly wrong, made all the mistakes, like I said, um, and we just kept going. So I was fortunate to be able to do what I did while I was still in. Otherwise, I wouldn't get out of the army. Um, we, we, when I got out after 15 years of service, I already had 30 houses. So we already had that, <clears throat> that financial freedom, that passive income. You know, I, I didn't have to work. That's why I got out. I didn't get out because I hated the army. I didn't get out because <clears throat> of any other reason. But you know, I'm at home. The worst thing that happens to me at home is a leaky faucet. No one's shooting at me at home. I'm not. <laughs> out in the field when it's raining so i can i can deal with this depends on what part of kentucky i guess uh, yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's 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 amazing because i mean you don't really you don't really hear that story a lot you know guys in the military usually they come out and they're like now what you know kind of deal but you were already planning on on it i see that every day in you know, that's, that's maybe for a different podcast. It's just, it's, it's unfortunate. The army, I, I can speak from experience in the army. The army is so good. It's a crutch because they give you everything. You're going to have a paycheck. You're going to have food and housing allowance. You're, you're taken care of. So now you have a, a veteran that's been in for 10, 15, 20 years. And now you said you're telling him to go be an adult in the outside world. You don't know how. <laughs> Since he was 18, he's been in the army. He's never had to be an adult. You know, I hate to say it like that. And I hope I don't, you know, piss anybody off. But that's just my my true feeling of because I see it every day. I'm I'm still in the military town right now, mm-hmm. and there's still these 36 year old I call them kids that have never had to be an adult yet. So I I, I definitely took the steps to be where we are today systematically uh, to not be like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? We we were living on our own before before I got out of the army, we were living on our, on our business money before I got out of the army. I was just using army money for the next investment. That's awesome. Now, you see, I've, I've had um, buddies in the military before and I told them, well, they're like, yeah, I'm going to be over here in Florida for a little while. And then, then we're probably going to go to Tennessee. And then they start telling me, I was like, why don't you buy a house when you get there, yes. you know? Yes. And then when they, when you, they move you to the next place, you can, that's going to be your next primary. I was like, that's perfect, man. When you just hop around and buy these houses all over the country. I know people that do that and, and they have one house in six different cities and that's, that's brilliant. The, again, another crutch the army has is that no matter how much I work or don't work, I'm going to get paid. So that's why every young soldier has a new car, doesn't need it, shouldn't have it, but every new soldier has a new car, nice house. Uh, and God forbid they, because what, what they don't think about is you can get injured. You can get put out of the military. You can lose that paycheck. That's, you're not guaranteed 20 years by far. Um, no one plans for that. So yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I wish I want to get into teaching where I can go back on post and those people that are getting out of the military and transition, I can give them a few classes on the real world and transitioning into entrepreneurial type of, of, of a position for themselves, not to go work for somebody else because the army only teaches you how to work for somebody. And when you're getting out of the army, 
all those two weeks of classes are how to find the next job. I mean, you just defended your country for 20 years, relax a little bit, but you can't because you got a new car and a new house and the bills are going to keep coming in. Mm. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. It's, wow. it's a mindset thing. It's just, yeah, they need, we need to do a better job teaching our, our veterans thinking, you know, in an in a, in a entrepreneurial type way. I'm kind of like when you, you brought yeah. that up because that was one thing my dad always touched on because he was in the military for years and he always said that he says, man, a lot of guys just don't know the opportunity that it does present if you take advantage of it, man. That that would be awesome for you to go back to vets and do that too. I really want to. I really want to. I got I to gotta get my foot in the door. I got to get, you know, my... What I do structured because I'm really good at teaching people real estate, which is a different because people pay me for that. But to teach veterans, you know, uh, how to being a, an adult in the real world as an entrepreneur, that's, you know, that, that's a different, that's a different beast. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know where to begin with that right now. How, how does the, um, the VA loans work? You take advantage of that, I'm sure. Um, so the VA loans, they've changed. I think they changed their their policies about two years ago, give or take. It used to be you could have as many loans open as you could fit under $420,000. So if you had three houses for $100,000, you were good to go. All right. Your first VA loan is a 1% origination fee. So your house is 100000 you pay 1000 to get for them to fund the loan, but you bring no money to closing. So you, you know, no 3% down, no 20% down, full 100% uh, eligibility. Fantastic. Um, I want to say as about two years ago, they they switched that to, I think there's no no cap on it because 420,000 may not get you anything in California. Right. You have, you have veterans getting out to go back to LA and they can't buy a house. Um, but I think they, they removed that clause where you could have multiple open. I think it's just one now. Don't quote me on that because it does change. It is fluid. And with all this going on right now, they're even changing and they're restricting their credit uh, policies as far as credit score, your debt to income ratio. Those are all work. Everything is changing as we speak because of this virus and because of people not being able to pay rent. You know, if, if I don't if I get a if I get a 100 percent loan on a three hundred thousand dollar house, I have nothing to lose by walking away. If I put 20 percent down, I have a lot to walk away from. So. They're getting towards, oh, they want you to have a better debt to income ratio and, a, you know, and, and better credit score. And I'm all for that. I believe it. I buy so many houses from 20 year olds that have VA loans that, again, they're not adults. But because you have a pulse and you're in uniform, the VA will fund you 100 percent of your property. <laughs> it's not good, in my opinion. I buy so many houses from those from those young guys because they don't plan for nothing. They buy a house. They leave 13 months later. The house is jacked up because they didn't take care of it. They never were taught how to maintain a, a property. Um, I get a lot of those houses. I, I probably bought 12 or 15 of them. Wow. I've never thought about it like that. You just I'm, said, man, the VA just if, gives you, if you have a pulse and you, if you have a pulse and a uniform, you're going to get a VA loan. I guess you're right about that. I never I, thought I'm about probably, it. I'm probably pissing people off right now. I'm sorry if I offend any of your viewers, but I'm just being, this is who I am. I'm honest. I have nothing to lie about. That's what we love, man. We okay. love to keep it a hundred, man. That, that was honest. like, I never thought of it. Cause I'm I look at people. You. If, if you're in the village, I always say, man, you, you don't take advantage of the VA loan. Some people do, but I didn't know they were just screwing it off out here. Damn. Yeah. I want to point out one more thing. If anybody's listening about the VA loan, um, anything under four doors is considered residential. So you can use a VA loan to get a quadplex. Yes, oh. sir. The, the, yes, sir. The only stipulation is you must live in the unit uh, for at least one year. So you can house hack with a VA loan. And oh, every, had I known that at 20 years old, soldier, I would have done that. I didn't know, you know. So that's one of the things. So if anybody got any value from this show, I hope they got that. That if you're if you have VA eligibility, current or prior uh, service member, you can you can buy a quadplex, live in one of the the four units. Rent out the other three. Yeah, you can make them short-term rentals if you want to while you're in the house. It, it, you know, you have options with that VA loan. It's it's a beautiful tool. 
I'm happy you said that, man, because uh, I have a niece who's about to graduate next year, will hopefully graduate throughout this whole COVID thing. And she keeps asking me about going to the military. And I was like, man, ask your grandpa. He's went. So yeah. uh, it's things like that. Like, yeah, that, that's, oh, man. Wow, there's, that's power. There's, there's so many perks. There's lots of perks. Lots of BS. A lot, a lot of I hate my life situations, but a lot of good perks. Don't get me wrong. So, so you started a YouTube channel. And um, you had stated uh, and that you that you wanted to educate people. You mm-hmm. wanted to give back and educate people. Yes, sir. And for free. You said for free. Mm-hmm. And now, how has that giving away free education come back to you? It's For me, it is so rewarding to see the light bulb come on for people who never thought they could do it. I'm telling you, when people text me and say, hey, this is what's going on. What does this mean? What's the difference between lease option and rent to own? What is subject to? Uh, how can I get my tenants out because of this? I'm like, they're thinking they really are. They really are excited about what, what I'm talking about. And they're thinking about doing it. The biggest misconception is that you need to be a millionaire to be in real estate. That's the biggest problem we have with people that want to start. I, I'm saying it right now. I said it a couple minutes ago. You can, you can lease and sell lease a house only nothing with no money into it. You take the risk and responsibility. That's what all business is. You, you know, you don't get nothing for free. You got to take a little bit of risk. I'm telling you, that's my reward. Now down the road, there'll be some financial, you know, kickbacks. That's going to happen on the road. That's not what I mean. I make money in real estate as it is. I I, I have a, a we do we do good right now as 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 I'm speaking to you right now. We're, we're okay. But I love seeing that light bulb come on. I like meeting with people. I love people hitting me on Messenger. You know, because that. Some people are too shy to, to, to respond to a thread, mm-hmm. which is okay. So they'll hit me directly on Messenger, like, hey, man, thank you just said. How does that work? And I love it. It's absolutely rewarding. And, and how old were you when you reached um, financial freedom? Uh, I would say I'm 36 now, so it was about two and a half years ago, give or take. Yep, about two and a half, give or take, yeah. So about four years, I'll be able to financial freedom, okay. <laughs> Man, I, I'm nobody's barometer. Uh, people do it faster than me, people take longer. Um, I read a book and the quote was, it'll take as long as it takes. Don't don't ever, you know, measure up against anybody. There's people that start at six years old and become millionaires. There's people that start at 20 years old and become millionaires. It'll take as long as it takes, simple as that. As they say, comparison is the thief of joy. There you go. I haven't heard that one, but I like that. Yeah. So that's how I, I describe that moment. Too. I, I like to hear that. I describe that moment when you like, did, you did all the numbers. You're like, crap, you know, we're, we're financially free. It's it's mind blowing. I, I, I'm, I come from a, I hope my mom's not watching this, a very humble beginning. I'm going to say it a nice way. We, we had nothing. Um, my family is not entrepreneurs. No one talks about any of this stuff. I, I couldn't tell you what the hell, what a tax write-off was until four years ago. To, to look at my wife and for us to know that we don't have to work anymore. And if we don't work, we're still okay. We're still got money coming in. And if we want to work, we can. If we want to grow, we can. That is, it's, it's emotional. Like I'm telling you that to have that weight off your shoulders because, you know, being from small town Mississippi, all we do is work. That's all we know. We don't know anything about putting anything away. We know that if we have any money, go spend it real quick, which is the wrong damn answer uh, because we don't have money. That, that's why we go spend it. We don't have it. So when you get it, we want to go get new car, new shoes, new something. So, you know, having money put away, having money coming in, whether I work or not, and knowing that my family's taken care of, that that was that was my I made it moment. It's, it's small town. It means nothing to nobody but anybody. It, it means nothing to anybody but us. But we made it. We have so much mo- so much more to grow. But in my little bitty circle, we're good. And that's that's a beautiful thing. That is awesome. And what um so I'll say this because I know you you reach financial freedom, you're set. I mean, you know, 
Damn. We're not rich by any means. Let me just say we're not we're not rolling in money over here. I sleep under uh, linens. I don't have money to sleep on. Like we're not we're not rolling in dough. We're financially free, meaning our expenses are covered and we have a little bit on the side. But we're not billionaires by any means. Okay. That being said, <laughs> do you have any any guilty pleasures? I know you you know you like to keep investing, keep buying more, keep you know. But do you have some? Yeah, let's spend a little money on this in this area here. I don't want to bore you, but I absolutely do not. I don't. I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's cool, I, man. I work so hard for my money. I, I can't see me blowing it on something dumb. I just can't. <laughs> I really cannot do it. And that's so boring. You know, but my buddy, my buddy Calvin, he said the same thing. He's like, hey, where are you going to go get that nice car? I'm like, why? My truck is paid for and it and it does everything I need it to do. Um, I, love I, it. I just, I'm boring. I, here, here's my thing. And, and here's, 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 okay. Here's my guilty pleasure. I like to travel that when people say, what is your why we work our asses off so we can have the money to travel. I don't care about new shoes. I care about the next destination. That's what my wife and I do. And that's our why. And that's my quote unquote guilty pleasure. I want to see the world before I die. Woo. That's mine too. I love that. I want to see stuff. I want to go see the world. That's my whole thing. I want to see only two eyes. I'm I'm behind. I'm behind right now. Thanks a lot. Experiences over objects. I like it. Yeah, man. I'm all, I'm all about seeing something in, in cultures and food and beaches and, man, everything. Everything. That is cool. So it must, it's, it must be killing you right now. You can't go travel nowhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> man, it is killing right now. Uh, you know, we, we had plans. We had plans this year like everybody else did. And uh, so I'm not going to cry about it. But, yeah, I, we're supposed to be not here right now. Like right now as we're talking, I'm supposed to be gone. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Damn. So, so what could you tell? I mean, I guess some, I know you've given us all kind of, kind of golden advice, man. Um, but like some listeners right now are kind of on the fence of like, eh, I don't know if I want to jump in. I want to, I don't know if I want to do it. I, you know, be in, investing in real estate, you know, the kind of, especially now is a big excuse. Oh, well, COVID-19, now we definitely can't. I mean, what, what's your advice to them to, to finally, you know, get started, you know, jump in? To not be scared. You cannot be scared. One, you cannot be scared to fail because you are going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to have a bad deal. You're going to have a bad tenant. You're going to have a handyman to just screw you over. You're going to screw up, and you cannot be scared of that. You can't. You can't be scared to lose money. You cannot be scared to, to, to have a bad presentation to a banker. You cannot be scared. And the, the, least, the, the, least, the less amount of fear you have, the better you're going to be at everything you do. Just plan on failing a lot your first year. Plan on screwing up. Plan on saying the wrong thing. Man, my first year, I, I gave a lady a rent for a house about $200 less than what it was supposed to be because I messed up on the contract. Whose fault was it? Mine. She got a damn near a free month or two out of that, that year because I screwed up. Part of the, it's, part of, it's part of growing your business. So um, I think Steve Harvey, he, he has a, a metaphor. He says, your parachute won't work until you jump. When you jump off that cliff, you're gonna, it doesn't automatically open up. You're going to hit the rocks. You're going to fall down. You're going to backflip. You're going to have bruises. But at some point, that canopy is going to open up, and you're going to be floating. So that, that's a good metaphor I like, to, I like to use is what Steve Harvey said. It means it, it is so true. Don't be scared to fall. Don't be scared to fail because it's going to happen. Awesome, man. This has been a great interview. You got some more, <laughs> add, you got some more to add, Micah? Yeah. Learning is the other side of what, what is it? Success is on the other side of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's true. You're going to fail, man.
Awesome. That, that, well, I, you, you really inspired me, man. I was like, man, I got to get up and go get some more houses. I'm about to, <laughs> I'm, to do, I'm trying to do about 10 offers tomorrow. Now I'm like, Hey, you got me get it up. But yeah, man, man it, it may take 10 no's to get that one. Yes. Straight up, man. And I'm, uh, I'm happy for everything you post. Like if you're not part of Sean's group on, uh, Airbnb, the host of Airbnb automated, uh, Adam always posts some good stuff in there. He also has his own YouTube channel, man. Check him out. He's dropping some good game for you. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, where, so where can people find you, man? So guys, uh, I'm on YouTube, as you said, R E I simplified that's real estate investing simplified where I break down complex real estate situations, scenarios for people like, you know, me and you guys, the beginning investors who don't have everything figured out. Uh, I have a website, reisimplified.co. I'm hanging contracts on there. I'm trying to generate, you know, videos and courses and that kind of stuff. Um, now I kind of want to say that real quick. You know, what, what we don't talk about as investors or, or arbitrage or, or short-term rentals is the documentation side of the house. You know, you can be a great salesman, but unless you have your, your documentation right, you're not protecting this and that. So I'm trying to get everything on my website to be downloaded for people uh, so that they can have those contracts for arbitrage, for long-term tenants, for addendums, for short-term, everything that, I, that we've used over the five years, dealing with over 2,000 clients, we're putting it on that website to be downloadable um, to help people out. Because it, it, it's costing me, <laughs> I've put over $2.8 million into my business, $2.8 million. So I'm giving back a lot and I want people not to have to put that much money into their business starting out so that, you know, they can hit the ground running. So REI Simplified YouTube, REI Simplified.co, Adam Johnson, I'm sorry, Adam at Joe Pro, Johnson Property. So JoeProInvestments.com. Um, that's my that's my real estate business. Um, y'all can, you know, send people my way. I'm, I, I answer questions until I, I'll stay up all night talking to people on you know, Instagram, that kind of stuff. You're trying to help people out because I, I love help. We're okay financially. I love helping people. It really does make me feel good. That is awesome. <laughs> Giving back. We try. Well, cool. Well, well, thank you so much for hopping on with us, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. We've learned a lot and, uh, yeah, we can't wait to see what you do in the future. Hey man, thanks for having me guys. It's been a pleasure. If I can ever help y'all in any way, man, you got my number, shoot me a message. I'm all for it, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man, especially with helping out the vets with the way you're doing and, uh, all the videos. Keep it up, bro. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that was the great Adam Johnson coming at you again. We have another, that was a really good interview that really inspired me. Uh, Definitely want y'all to go out and take some action. That definitely, that definitely lit a fire up under you, under me. So yeah, definitely good to have them on. All right, where can folks find us, Micah? Find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can remember follow us. Uh, YouTube, leave a like, subscribe, hit the subscribe button, do all that. Uh, where else can we find? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, follow our personal pages, Micah, Micah Artist, Stephen Chase Suarez, follow his personal pages, and uh, yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen, man. We're trying to bring as much information as we can during this very, very tough time. Uh, we hope all y'all are surviving. So, oh, real quick, Adam, are, are you buying up oil stocks right now? Nah, man. <laughs> stocks are above my head. Uh, I know real estate. I don't know stocks. <laughs> and we are out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye. <laughs>